This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Billboard Charts. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. How are you? Doing great. How about yourself? I am okay. I'm just fine. Great. I'm okay. <laughs> it's a well, big day, Keith. It's a big it's a day. Bi- it's a big day. We'll tell you about why it's a big day in just a second. Um, because as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, well, this is our election day special, actually. And uh, as the show is being released on election day in the U.S., uh, November 3rd. And actually, our company gives us the day off to vote. Thank you for that. That's yeah. incredible. So full disclosure, we recorded this episode early. So first off, if you're listening on Tuesday, on November 3rd, please go vote. It's not too late. Just press press, press pause. Go. Leave the house. Do it. No excuses. And secondly, on today's show... We uh, actually have a really fun interview with a pair of musicians who, ironically, Hmm. can't actually vote in the election. So we made sure that we didn't tie up any American people on the show this week. We don't want to be responsible for that. (laughs) Yeah, if there's like a one vote difference somewhere, we're not going to be held accountable for that. Um, We're actually joined by two British artists this week, Joel Corey and Emily Kay. And uh, they join us to talk about their global hit single, Head and Heart. So stay tuned for that in just a moment. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. First, for all the week's chart news, because normally this is the part where we talk about first up on the charts, make sure to visit billboard.com slash chart dash beat to get updates on the new Billboard Hot 100 songs chart and the Billboard 200 albums chart, along with the rest of our complete menu of charts this week, including just where Ariana Grande's new single Positions debuted at on the Hot 100. Can you believe Joe Biden's number one on the Hot 100 this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, I'm getting things mixed up. That's a different thing. He has a new career. Hey, um, <laughs> actually, let's just jump right into our interview with Joel Corey and Emily Kay. The two British artists have been making a splash with their global hit and my personal favorite, Head and Heart. The song topped the official UK singles chart, reached the top 10 on the Billboard Global Excluding US chart, and has generated more than 300 million on-demand streams globally, and hit number one on Billboard's Hot Dance Electronic Songs chart. And now it's starting to make inroads on American Top 40 Radio, having recently debuted on our Pop Songs Airplay chart. We caught up with the duo recently for a really fun chat about how the song came together in lockdown, what it's been like for them to see the song take off and be embraced, and we find out about their upcoming music plans too. So take a listen to our chat with Joel Corey and Emily Kay. Hello to Joel Corey and Emily Kay, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. 
Yay. Bye then. Bye. So How first of all, oh, of course, Thanks we have to congratulate us. you right away on the massive success of Head and Heart. Um, and we just want to know where did the song start? How did you guys uh, come together on it? So tell us the origin story, please. Um, all right, so I'll start with this one. So I started work on this record at the end of last year, so like November 2019. And um, I was just working on the demo of it. And I knew this was like a really special record. Um, at the time I was, I was releasing my other single, Lonely, which was my single before Head and Heart. So I was kind of just about to dive into that campaign. So I was kind of working with Head and Heart in the background, but trying to get Lonely out. And anyway, we got Lonely out and then I sort of had my head clear and I was like, right, next single, I've got to do this Head and Heart track because I was really just, just knew it was special, but it needed a new vocal and it needed some new parts written. And um, luckily the demo that I was working on fell into M&EK's hands. I think my management sent it to him and um, he messaged me on Instagram and he was like, yo, Joel, I've heard this Head and Heart demo, like, I love it. And I was like, buzzing anyway just to get a, uh, a dm from emily k because i've been a fan of this for so many years and i was like wow this is excellent so we, we got chatting and i was like let's do it and literally we just got into lockdown so we couldn't get in the studio together because all the studios have just been closed but he uh he recorded his vocals at home and he wrote um the new parts to the song that needed writing and sent it back to me and i was just like bang i was like that's it he's absolutely smashed it he kind of put all these missing pieces of the head and heart puzzle together that, that I needed and and here we are. <laughs> so you had never, I, the two of you had never met before? We had met. We'd met um, outside like a studio because we, we both work um, at the same studio as it goes. And so uh, we'd met before and I'd heard his music and I heard Lonely and loved Lonely. And I guess like when I'd heard the song, uh, it, yeah, it had come at the beginning of lockdown and it was very much a a godsend, I think, that song. Like, I think when times are dark and kind of uncertain, when something like that happens and you hear, like, when I got sent it, from the moment I heard it to when I recorded it, it was, it was less than 24 hours. Like, I just knew, I knew there was something about it and something that I wanted to be a part of. And... um the entire process was just so great and so fun and just a really quick turnaround and quick response and yeah. Katie, I want to yeah. jump in and, and ask, M&EK, when you got the track, did it, did it basically resemble what we hear now, except for obviously your vocals and the part that you wrote? Like was the sort of the core of the track already there when you got it? The core of the song was already there. And, uh, you know, Joel, Joel had, um, kind of like obviously it's basically just molded it into what it is and then I'd heard it and I guess like it was different for me because yeah usually I write and produce all my records and I'm very hands-on and when I'd heard that it was great to just hear a song and just be like this is a great song and I'm gonna sing it oh you want me to add a part to it great sure. cool. I'm, adding, I'm, I'm just adding I'm, I'm just adding to an already great song and I can and I'm, I can be objectively a fan of it and then contribute to it as well. And I think that was what was most fun about it, that I could collaborate and just be confident that I'm being a part of something I really think is great and that is worth having loads of ears on it. And so it, it sounds, oh, sorry, go ahead, please. Yeah, like when I um, when I had the demo, right, before M&EK came on board, like 
when I was showing up my management and my label this this track, I was like, oh, it's like really good about this. And everyone's a bit unsure of it, like kind of not really gut feeling it. But as soon as Emanike's vocal came in and we got it into the track, suddenly it was across everyone's like, oh my God, that's it, that's a smash. I was like, oh, <laughs> so literally like Emanike came on, absolutely killed it. And yeah, my whole management team, my whole label straight away were just like, thumbs up, that's the one. <laughs> So the, the so the trick is basically to everyone listening, the trick to getting a hit record is just to have M N E K on the record and sing it. That's <laughs> yeah, what we're that's saying. It. That's it. Literally. That's it. <laughs> Listen, I honestly wish I think that's what labels are thinking right now, but I can't I can't I can't confirm that actually personally. <laughs> this was this, this this is great. This was amazing that this had happened how it's happened and it, it was just timing and fate, isn't it? That's how it always yeah. goes. Well, and it sounds like you both knew how special it was, but could you have ever predicted, you know, six weeks at number one in your native UK, um, you know, just how big of a smash hit it became? For me, I like, I wouldn't have predicted that. that it sounds crazy, even you saying it now, it still doesn't feel real. I think it's totally sunk in yet, but, um, but yeah, it, it, I would never have predicted it. I knew it was a special record, but wow, to get a number one single, that's a dream come true. Yeah. But I do... I do think timing as well, like M.E.K. said, uh, it came at a time when the world needed like a positive, uplifting song and a sort of track that's going to brighten up people's days. And I think that's what this track does. And obviously, um, you know, you haven't been able to traditionally promote this album or the song rather. Um, but, you know, given its success, obviously it's gone quite well for you. So how, how did it, like, how did it go promoting this song while people are in lockdown and it's such an upbeat song during such a weird time? I mean, it was like a lot of Zoom interviews and, uh, I mean, I think I haven't even gotten half <laughs> the brunt that Joel has had as far as like, you know, answering so how did this song come about how did you do this and like you know Joel has, has it pat down I've been so out of practice and so like you know it's just it's been fun to promote a record and not leave your house <laughs> and just like you know I just be in bed and just have an interview with Capsule FM or so whatever and just be like you know it's not that deep or like, in the garden just, perhaps yeah well yes exactly in the in a garden setting or whatever but I find that the I loved I, I loved that we were able to do it on Strictly Come Dancing um, recently, and you know having like a performance of the record is um, it's one of the things that you usually have as a promotional tool, like as a way to promote a song that is coming out or you want it to go to a certain place. And you know we'd recorded this song at a point when it was. It was already doing this thing, you know. What I mean, it was already well established that it was, that it was what it was, and it was. It's really cool to do that, and you know, be at one with the record as well. Speaking so, of, I mean, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I mean, speaking, spe no good. Speaking mm -hmm. of strictly, um, we were going to ask about that because I think that was the first. That was the first TV performance of the song, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that must have been exhilarating, but also kind of complicated to set up? I mean, who knows how many rapid tests you had to take to make it happen. Um, how did you prepare for that performance, Joel? Um, yeah, so yeah, it was the first TV performance that we'd done together. And by the way, my mom absolutely buzzing because that's her favorite TV show. Like it literally <laughs> was the biggest thing ever for her. But, um, but yeah, so what we did for that one is obviously 
I mean, it's it's all on them and EK really. Do you know? I mean, he's the one singing and and doing it live and killing it. And I just play my part. You know, I'm behind the decks and I've got like a sample trigger pad that I can like play some uh, drum drum hits off and some samples during the record, but uh, during the performance. But really, it's all on this guy. Just come and absolutely smashed it. And what a moment for him. For us as well, you know, on on BBC, it was uh, both of us, a hundred percent. Yeah, the the response has been made, like your social media must be blown up after that because mine's gone crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, look, I because I've kind of been out of the loop with performing, I guess, and you know, it's fun to dress up and promote this song that I'm a part of and just sing it and sing it and it be well received and it you know go up the charts again and. Uh, you know, people being able to see the song in a new way because I, I'm a fan of music first, you know, and I'm always like yeah. YouTube is yeah. all of my favorite performances of my favorite songs. And so yeah. it's it's great to have that alongside Head and Heart. I mean, from like a DJ perspective, like biggest thing for me this year is that all my touring and gigging has been canceled or postponed. So the weird, the weirdest thing about Head, about this single for me is I never tested it in a nightclub or played it in front of the crowd during the production process because that's usually where I test my records then take it back to the studio and tweak what I need to tweak. For example, with my track Lonely, I was playing out my DJ sets for nearly six months before I released it. So I didn't get any of that with Head and Heart, which was really, really strange to me. Um, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm dreaming of those days when the festivals come back and I can play that record in front of like thousands of people. I just think it's going to be the most amazing moment. So. Yeah, next year, me and Em and EK, I'm sure we're going to be at some festivals doing that and it's just going to be absolutely crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like it will mean even that much more too to finally have that moment, you know? Yeah. Um, The song, we've already, we've talked about how well it's done in the UK, but it's uh, making huge headway over here in the US as well. We've got Um, stats. We've got lots of stats. We've got numbers. (laughs) I like like stats. Come on, man. (laughs) It's it's Billboard. You know we have tons of numbers. It's what we do. (laughs) These are all courtesy of Keith, but I'm going to read them out to you now and embarrass you both with numbers. Um, (laughs) Over 300 million global on-demand streams, top 20 on the global 200 chart, top 10 on the global chart excluding the US, top 10 on Billboard's Hot Dance Electronic Songs chart, and it recently broke through onto our US Pop Songs Airplay chart, so you're officially top 40 as well. Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty massive over here. I, I'm wondering what that means to you as a UK artist to, um, have this song, you know, breaking through here in the U S. I mean, for me, it means everything because it's like America is the, is the big dream for me. Um, you know, I want to, I want to be able to tour America. I want to be able to be over there. And, and if this is the track that helps, um, sort of me, helps me connect, um, in America, then yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. Um, so I'm so so excited about this, and Emnika, I'm sure you're absolutely buzzing as well. I mean, it's it's it, it again. It's exceeded all of my imagination of what the song could have done. I mean, I already knew it was a smash, but then I guess it's interesting because America, I guess their relation with EDM music or dance music rather is is different. You know, I mean, it doesn't always go top 40 you'll always have like a you know a real like it's great to see and it's amazing like I'm happy to have music that's doing well in America again because I mean the last song that I was a part of was I Never Forget You with Zara um and 
Yeah, I mean, it's great. I love being able to be a part of just great music that happens to be worldwide or international. Like, things like this let you know, oh, this can work internationally. This is an international record. I just want to say, and this is like, there's no question of this, it is such a damn earworm. It sticks in your head forever. <laughs> like, but I mean, that's the thing. Like, each part of the song, like all the lyrics, the beats, the, the, the chorus, they're all sort of crafted in a way where they're each incredibly memorable on their own. And I think yeah. that's just like obviously the hallmark of a great song. But um, I just wanted to say that there's no question. It's just a statement. Thank you. <laughs> I think the trick is that the song literally has yeah. the song literally has two or three melodies. Mm-hmm. There's not much to it as far as like melodic information. And I think like kudos to everyone that we worked on this song with. You know that you know has been a piece of the puzzle it's great that we've been able to to be a part of this and make it and that people can we hear that a lot where it's just people are like oh this is an earworm oh we can't get out of our heads and I think that's a, that's a, it's a great thing that music when it does that I feel like within the record there's hooks and hooks and hooks and the, and the record is so instant as well I think that's why it's connecting so quickly with people and you could just pick it up straight away for sure uh- just because we can't take your time all day. <laughs> I do want to know what you both have coming up next. I know, um, Joel, you've had these, you know, back to back to back, really big hits, building and building and building. Are you are you working toward an album? Like, what do you have in mind for, for your next uh, project? Yeah, well, um, yeah, I've, I've been working on a lot of new music. And obviously when the time's right, I'll come with, come with the next one, probably next year, um, just because Head of the Heart is you know, still growing around the world. But I've been really busy doing a lot of remixes at the moment as well. I've just remixed Sam Smith's new single. I did Katy Perry's uh, Smile track as well. I did Clean Bandit's new song. I've just done a remix for Jax Jones. So yeah, I'm, um, I'm going in on the remixes right now as well. Um, but yeah, I'm in, I'm in a really good creative space and just really focused on my music. And I'm really excited for next year. <laughs> Awesome. And M&E-K, what do you have in the works? Have you, uh, we were wondering both uh, about maybe a future album for your own project. And then also if you've gotten a chance to do any behind the scenes work while everyone's been locked down. Well, I've I've been focusing more on the behind the scenes stuff. I mean, this song has done really great and I've been really enjoying performing it and being a face, you know, of it next to Joel. And like, I'm also, um, on a new uh, dance record by Sleepwalkers called More Than Words that came out a couple weeks ago. Uh, So that's also cool. But I mean, for the most part, I'm just, I'm now at a place where I'm just happy to make music. So it's really not even about me being the face of it or like the voice behind it or anything. I, you know, I, I look up to people like Timberland and Pharrell and Quincy Jones. And, you know, I really just want to be that as far as my career. So that involves just being a part of music, just period. So with that said, um, I've done a lot of stuff on this new Little Mix album. So the, the, the new single, Sweet Melody, I've co-written and co-produced. I'm literally, I'm actually in with Mabel today, recording some stuff for her new album. And yeah, look, I'm just happy to make music. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of been my gig this year and moving forward. Well, we so appreciate you guys taking the time to talk with us today. Congratulations again on the massive success of The Head and Heart. And we appreciate you giving us such a happy, happy song during this time. So thank you. Uh, thank you guys so much.
Thank you again to Joel and to Ebony K for returning to the podcast. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate your time and uh, could not have had more fun with the two of them. And now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Let's get it funk up on that fun up on up in this dancery. We got y'all open now you're floating. This week in 2001, Mary J. Blige got her first and so far only number one single on the Hot 100 with Family Affair. The song jumped from number three to number one on the list dated November 3rd, 2001, and spent six weeks in a row atop the chart. Blige debuted on the Hot 100 back in 1992 with her first hit, You Remind Me, which also topped the Hot R&B Hip Hop Songs chart. Blige racked up a bevy of R&B Hip Hop chart hits over the next few years, including the number ones Real Love, Not Gonna Cry from the movie Waiting to Exhale, and I'll Be There For You, You're All I Need To Get By with Method Man. But on the Hot 100, a number one eluded Blige until the upbeat dancer re hit <laughs> Family Affair took her all the way to the top. So in many, fa- so many fabricated words in that song, and I love it. <laughs> yes, there is a lot. Hateration, holleration. Holleration in this dancery. But that's why we remember it. That's uh-huh. why we remember it. It's the skillful songwriting. It's like Shakespeare inventing new words, you know. In fact, before Family Affair, Blige flirted with the top slot with Not Gonna Cry, which spent two weeks stuck at number two, behind Mariah Carey and Boyz II Men's monster number one hit, One Sweet Day. Now, since Family Affair, Blige garnered two more top tens with the number three peaking hit, Be Without You, in 2006, and as the featured artist on Ludacris's number two hit, Runaway Love, in 2007. Fun fact! Two songs named Family Affair hit number one on the Hot 100 so far. Before Blige's number one, there was a totally different song, also named Family Affair, by Sly and the Family Stone, that spent three weeks at number one in 1971. It actually debuted on the Hot 100 this week in 1971 on the chart dated November 6th, 1971. So there you have it this week in 2001. Mary J. Blige topped the Hot 100 with her first number one hit, Family Affair. All right, we've reached the end of our election special. Yes. Mary J. Blige, I hope you voted as well. I bet she did. She seems very like You went down to the votery. The votery. (laughs) With your your balloration, voteration in this polling placery. Nope. Nope. Uh, this is a real song. This is a real hit. Real song. Yeah. I'm talking about a real song. I was actually thinking when you were saying all of her song titles that like you can sing every one of her song titles. Like you just like want to sing it in Mary voice. What songs should we go out on, Katie, on our what election a, okay. special? Okay. What about like Marvin Gaye's What's Going On? You know, like something that is an activist song, something that gets people motivated to go and make change in their community. I like that idea. Um, Let's go out on that, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.